0: The John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award is presented weekly to the top prep football players in northern Utah. This week's co-winners are Chet Colvin from Ogden High and Miles Draper from Syracuse High School. In the Tigers 34-28... First-round win over Manti. Colvin had 24 carries for 175 yards, two scores, also scored on a 70-yard kick return. In the Titans, 33-7, first-round route of Pleasant Grove. Draper had a team-high nine tackles, two interceptions, and added a half sack. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. Sweet, man. That's a heck of a game by that kid. Big numbers. And a kickoff return it Yeah. Exciting. And now another round of high school football upon us. Second round this week. Second round, man. You start to, oh man, the second round, are you kidding me? Corner Canyon's back in action. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean who they play. I don't know. Oh. Round of sixteen, it doesn't matter. Round of sixteen don't matter? Not for, not for Corner Canyon. It's not not for Corner for Canyon. A bit. <laughs> not for us.
1: Yeah, I whipped those boys into shape.
0: <laughs> you did? You're <laughs> down there? Putting them through the paces. Down air, yeah. Where? Down air. Nice. (laughs) So we got college football Saturday. Got the Aggies playing at 1 o'clock at home against Hawaii. And then 8 o'clock and 8.15. The Utes at 8 o'clock on ESPN against UCLA. BYU at 8.15 against Virginia on ESPN 2. Which game is going to have the better ratings? You got the UCLA fan base just small versus the Virginia fan base I have no idea though.
1: I've been back I've covered a game in Virginia
0: uh, forty thousand people in a game
1: yeah it sort of reminded me of a like a little better
0: Colorado state okay thirty five to forty thousand they love their football but they sort don't live of. and die with it no but they love the day which is why I Bronco, I think, took the gig. Uh, it's an academic school. Yeah. They're going to have standards. They want to win, but they don't want to win at all costs. But if mean, they want to win, they're, they're paying a lot of money. Yeah, he's going to make a ton of money. Right. They uh, want to win. Uh, but it's the kind of school where if you win eight games, they think it's a pretty good season, as opposed to the kind of school where if you win eight games, they fire you. <laughs> so there's that. Right.
1: Right. There, Virginia, unless there's something outrageous, I don't think any coach is getting fired midseason they'll just wait and let it let it play out and then they'll do it even if they know they're going to do it they'll they'll let it whereas you look at these teams that fire guys in the middle of the season it's like okay that is man you've got to win the pressure and all that stuff not always because i think georgia southern did that so i understand that but yeah,
0: but you're talking about USC and yeah. LSU and Texas Tech yeah yeah and Virginia doesn't think like any of those schools. I don't
1: think they do. I mean I'm yeah. not close to the situation, just judging it. I was impressed with their campus and I went to the Charlottesville, the Jefferson thing there and did all that in the morning of when I was back there and and you know it was nice and and it was, an, it was an okay environment. If, if my kid ever got a scholarship to Virginia to play football, I would be on top of the world for sure. So I'm not downgrading it. But I don't think it's, as you say, that win it at all costs type of deal. I actually think, and maybe it's because it's just ignorance uh, not having the Virginia background, but I think BYU fans demand more winning. I can see that. Especially on our side of the country. I think BYU fans are right there. With any fan base in terms of demanding wins and being critical if they don't get it and and wanting this coach fired, that coach fired, blah 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 blah. Um, I, I think they have a strong, strong passion, and so they're they're the same as pretty much anybody and I, I think uh Utah I would I would put BYU fans more demanding than I would Utah fans. Not to say that they're not passionate by any stretch because they've got a big-time program. I said earlier this morning, I've been around this country uh, to cover a lot of games and all parts, literally all conferences, all stadiums, or most anyway. And Utah's game day atmosphere, it's, you know, it's not Notre Dame, but uh, few are. And it's not the SEC, but few are. But other than that, it's as good as any other place that I've been. Including Michigan and so forth Now there's more folks at Michigan Obviously there's double the amount of people running around there But uh, still The atmosphere is there But I think BYU's fans Are more demanding And they're quicker to call for uh, Change If it's not going well
0: well, it's going pretty well for both BYU and Virginia right now and they're both 6 and 2. They both had to squeak out some wins. You can both play woulda coulda shoulda. Oh, they could be 5 and 3 or 4 and 4. Yeah, but they aren't. They're 6 and 2. And you brought this up earlier this morning with uh, Riley. How much do the Cougars have to win cuz the coaching staffs getting plenty of competition from Bronco and Virginia coming in here and grabbing kids. A couple of kids from Southern Utah they got commits. They Leave our boys alone. Commit from that was nice. Felt like I was watching a football movie from 1953. Leave I I mean, our boys alone. Joe Brown, Lone Peak, has uh, committed there. I don't understand why someone would do that. Decide to go across the country to school. Yeah. It's a long way to go. The Joe Brown connection is Terrence Brown, the former BYU offensive lineman who played for Bronco, is his older brother. So. Yeah, they
1: got the, the bloodlines so there. Family I mean, you, connection. You, you can't cross
0: bloodlines. Family connection. Blood is thicker than hooch. And then they got Come a couple on. of uh, Pineview kids. <laughs> Dominique McKenzie. Brian McKenzie's uh, sons. D-Mac. Oh,
1: D-Mac. D-Mac. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, Brian McKenzie, the former BYU running back. I remember Brian. I don't Marcus know McKenzie.
0: Oh, and Mac. And Dominique McKenzie. Oh, Yeah.
1: You got the uh, the D and the M there going east. Yeah, good for them. That's what they want to do. I don't think I would do it. And t- I talked to uh, Fillinger, and he played at Corner Canyon, and he, he's the defensive end there for the Utes, and he committed to Texas. And so, and then they had to change; they fired the coordinators and blah blah blah. And so I talked to him about it, and he said, "Well." You know, it sounded cool to go away in Texas, <laughs> the burnt orange. You know, it's so distinguishable, right? Yep. And Austin's a great place. I've been there numerous times for work. And it just sounded like, wow, that's something I really want to do. And then I thought about it. I thought about it some more. And then they had the change. And I thought, well, wait a second here, man. Pretty much everything I want is right here. They got all that I need. So upon reflection, you know, I, I may have gotten caught up. And who wouldn't get caught up it if Texas is recruiting? I don't care that Texas is not Earl Campbell Texas or Vince Young Texas. There's still Texas. And that stadium, that environment, the whole spiel is, you
0: know, it's awesome, right? If they decide yeah. to shower you with the love, yeah. they can put on a pretty good show. Absolutely, man. No question about it, right? But the coaching change gets him thinking again, and all of a sudden yeah. there's no one to put on the show. Well, he just has time, yeah. and he reflects – he told me, he says, well, Utah has everything that I
1: want, everything that I need. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, well, absolutely. No,
0: defensive lineman. Can you play in the D-line at Utah and make it to the NFL? I mean, have they really proven that?
1: You can no. play a Weber, <laughs> but uh, obviously, yeah, they literally the University of Utah, for any kid around here, literally has everything that you could possibly want. Well, and we got more evidence of that yesterday,
0: PK. Kingsley Suo Mataya, the offensive lineman. Kingsley Suo Mataya! <laughs> Easy for you to say. He just, he went to Oregon. He's a five-star prospect. Well, he just entered the transfer portal, and everything I'm hearing is he's coming back home. He's coming back to He's coming home. Probably going to BYU if everything goes The
1: Prodigal right. Polly is coming home. The prodigal Polly. <laughs> oh, there
0: you go. <laughs> you said he's probably going to BYU? That's the word I heard last night. That debuts uh, on Broadway next spring. Oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> the Prodigal Polly. Yeah. Tickets <laughs> K- K- are really hard to come Patrick by. Patrick Kinahan no, It's yeah. getting a lot of reviews.
1: Broadway Avenue, or do you mean Broadway? Broadway. Because there's
0: a big difference. <laughs> Bro- when I say Broadway, I mean just Broadway. <laughs> Tickets are hard to come by. It's getting great reviews from a wide range of people. You won't go because there's some singing and dancing. Uh, a live play? Eh. If, if, if it's it- like your wife's birthday and she really wants to go, then you would just do it.
1: Yeah, but we have clear and distinguished roles now,
0: so (laughs) she, she doesn't. If it's a play, maybe, and it's not based on the singing and dancing... So, uh, I, I love your theory here about going cross-country, and it makes sense, and we are certainly seeing the bounce-back kids with everybody who's recruiting. If you talk to any of them away from the microphone, they'll tell you, you never go off on a kid, you say you'd take the high road, there's so many kids transferring, hey, you can do a year or two, put on 20, 25 pounds, and be disappointed. Right, you or, never look, say we'll you let you. down 9 million degenerate youth fans. <laughs> you never say that. You don't say that. No one ever has. I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> so you got me there. A story, by the way, that
1: I got. <laughs> I don't think I ever get to run for that. About the 9 million degenerate Ute fans? Uh, you know, what was it? Nine? Was it 9 million Mormons? Oh, that story you got. Yeah. No, I, I mean, That story
0: w- did not exist without me. That would have been a true tale he kept to himself. Not that I'm asking for any credit. Too late. But I am. Absolutely, you're actually Jeez. demanding it. Both hands are in well, there. I just want the truth. All hail me! <laughs> I got it. Hey,
1: I don't win any awards, and nobody has any idea that I worked on that story for eighteen friggin'
0: months. I just didn't roll into it. I had to work for it. Did your you had to build a relationship with the family? In all seriousness, over the phone, right, for eighteen months ahead of time, and then you could go down there, let everybody ask their questions, because you don't want to ask that in front of everybody. Because a, if he says it, then everybody's got it. And you get no credit for it. And B, he might not say it because he's in front of a bunch of people he doesn't really know.
1: Right. So I waited for the L.A. Times and Orange County Register. Let them do their thing. Two papers that I was never good
0: enough to work for. And then you roll over there and lean it up against a wall or something. Sup, how'd it go? (laughs) And then, gonzo.
1: And I went in the uh, hallway of the gym. Uh, That story I had that we came down here, it's a little bigger than I thought. (laughs) Just a little bit. But these contests, they have no idea how you had to foster it literally for no. 18 months to get to yeah. that point. Nope. And I wasn't a flowery writer. I'm a nuts and bolts guy. In fact, I suck as a writer. Let's call it his. Even
0: now, never, I'm just a junior writer. But that that never <laughs> that never pays off. It doesn't pay off. If you're in TV, they, you, you can't win anything for any hardcore post-game package. You gotta, it's got to be... Sob story and yeah, melodramatic. It's got to have music on it. I'm like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, you get that.
1: <laughs> That's nuts and bolts reporting. Be... Yeah, so
0: but okay, but your theory to your bigger theory about I think these got teams they have got to win if they're going to keep kids in state. Yeah. Utah goes head to head with UCLA for kids, I'm sure they do. So, I don't and follow and recruiting you, and, that much to know. And you look, sure and the top high school kids, one's committed to USC, a couple have committed to Oregon, one is committed to Baylor, One uh, Carson Ryan from American Fork has committed to UCLA. We well, already told play? you about the three kids going to Virginia. Uh, he's a tight end. Is he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oregon State and Washington State have come in and gotten a kid. Boise State has come in to get a kid, a two. I don't begrudge any of them going wherever they go.
1: And there's enough. My point
0: is, you've got everything you need here locally. And there's enough kids being recruited now, they can't all stay in state. Why not? It's a numbers game because there's too many kids and not enough scholarships. That's not true. You got Utah State, you got Weber. And Utah State's got a bunch of these kids. And Utah State's got. If you're not
1: deemed a high-level Pac-12 player, which there's no embarrassment as far as I'm concerned because, one, they miss. The Aggies got plenty of dudes in the NFL. And, two, so what? Not everybody can be. And you got an opportunity to uh, get a, a college education and play football. That's awesome. And I'll, Weber State, Dixie, you name it.
0: Every, every place is great. Utah as State's as got concerned. nine kids committed in-state already, and there's still a lot of undecided, so that number mo- might well be going up.
1: guess and I have a little bit of a bias being an Arizona kid and seeing so much of the talent just flee. They can't get out of there fast enough. Now, I believe a lot of it is because they're just so tired. They're tired of the 116 degrees. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's never going to change. In fact, it's going to get worse. worse. <laughs> it doesn't seem like... seems like every year that they set a record, uh, most days over 110, most days blah, 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 earliest day to get 100, yada, yada. So all that stuff is happening, and they want... They want something new, and neither program at the highest level because they only they only have three. We have more here. They have two at the uh, CS and one, or I guess one at the CS and one at the two at the bowl level, and none of those programs have been consistently great to demand that you stay. And the Devils, at least anyway, could be and the Cats for that matter too could be so much better if they could keep. And it's top-end NFL talent that leaves so I have a little bit it's a little bit of a sore spot for me but these programs here I endorse them 100% as far as having what whatever you want to be successful they've got especially now with the the Cougars going in the Big 12 there's no more yeah but nothing
0: um, looking at it, it. Looks like BYU's got about ten. No, they got more than that. They got twelve. And of course, you don't know how many of these kids are going on missions and not signing right away. Now it looks like they got fourteen commits here, and I don't know how many of them are walk-ons. Well, Obviously, walk-ons are now getting uh, the equivalent of a scholarship. They're getting the tuition covered by. Was that Coors? Is that doing it? It was not yes. Coors no. Light. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, keep them in shape. Yeah. Get, yeah. Go with the lower
1: calories. Right. Exactly. Makes sense. You yeah. know. So you get that deal there. Hey, don't look at me like that, DJ.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get that it's his shtick. I'm just having some fun. Oh, no, I appreciate that. Play with Play along. <laughs> We're supposed to have a good time. We're not talking about anything serious. So, all those kids, Mission Kids, they're all every single one of them is Big Twelve. That
0: that's a game changer, as far as I'm concerned. What there isn't on this list right now are in-state kids committed to the U. Now, there are still kids who aren't committed, and certainly kids can flip, so this is it's not like this story is written. Uh, there's one, Luke Hyde. Sorry, Luke Hyde at Lone Peak. So the Utes have What's one. What's play? Uh, wide receiver, kick receiver. Yeah. Now, the one that they're, Lander Barton is listed here is 80% Utah, 20% Texas. He's the number two ranked kid in the state. Obviously, his brothers both played Who's in the, the U. Of him? I thought he was number one. Devin Brown, Corner Canyon, quarterback, number one to Q- you USC. You're Corner that really Canyon from the state, but, uh, I know. But <laughs> he, he is because that's where he plays his senior year. Uh, when I, yeah,
1: I've spoken to uh, the, the Barton family on this very topic.
0: Mom and dad played at the um, U. Sisters a volleyball star at the U. All-American at the U. Brothers both went to the U and have gone to the NFL.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they they live up by me. And so I've spoken to them and— my wife taught the boy in the sixth or seventh grade or both or something. So we've certainly known him for a good while and uh, got a decision to make, man. And I, I can't say it's 80%. Maybe it is. I haven't spoken to him probably two, three weeks ago on this topic. Uh,
0: but selfishly, I would love to see him. Go to the U. Yeah. His brothers were good. He'll probably be good. Lots of big-time schools are after him. There's lots of people who do this for a living, not like you and I. Oh, and they geez. all think he's going to be good.
1: I talked to them on the, at the ball game uh, a few weeks ago, and it was, oh, he just got back from here, and he's going there, and then he's got a trip over here. It's like, man, this kid is extremely busy, and he's being recruited by everybody. But it'll be nice to see, because I think that's the one thing – that the one knock I have on youth recruiting, and they do so well because they they're experts at identifying talent and projecting it three to four years, five years down the road. But the one thing is is letting these top end kids. I don't. know. I can't even use the word. I don't know what the verb is. But having these top-end kids get away. go out of state. But I don't know if it's get away, see? They because, get away. <laughs> because, but they do get away, but do, does the you let them get away? You see what I'm saying? They do get away. That's, yes, you're
0: right. That's where you got to dive in a little deeper, because you don't get anything directly for getting the in-state kid. And if you're getting a kid from somewhere else who's a little better, well, what, are you supposed to take the in-state kid? Well, you want Just the best cause? kids you can get, for sure. Right. And there are still yeah. some kids out there who are not committed, and maybe they'll end up playing at the U, and maybe they'll flip some of these guys who oh, aren't yeah, committed. Oh, yeah, there's still plenty of time. Uh, have you seen the running back of Park City? No. He's He's pretty good. No idea. He's crushing at that level. Uh, no clue. Carson Tabarachi, he is not committed. Oh, that's he's a cool last name. Team. Yeah. Yeah, he's listed as an athlete. He's got size. Kyle would turn him into a linebacker in a heartbeat. Like that? <laughs> like that. And okay. and uh Dallas Fakalahi. Did I say that right? The kid at West? Yeah. What's he play? D linemen. So. But if they, they usually get good D lineman if they've got good D linemen from somewhere else, are they supposed to take in state kids so they have some magical quota of a number of in state kids? That doesn't really make sense.
1: No, it doesn't, but you still it want also the doesn't, best.
0: It also doesn't make sense that you would come away with zero, one, or two in state kids. True. And ultimately, I don't think they will. I think that number will go up, but I don't know which kids it'll be. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Had some good stuff with Joe Ingles earlier this morning, and some good stuff with Riley Jensen, and good takes on the Jazz. And what does it say about the Jazz that they're now 3-0? and We'll get to all of that next and get you up to speed. Stay with us. The new Zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then The Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up. It's a special. Or visit them online at Lee'sHeatAC.com. Lee'sHeatAC.com. All right, we got a lot of stuff to catch people up on. Joe Ingles, your takeaway there. He's in a good spot.
1: And it's reflective of the team being in a good spot. He's individually in a good spot. There's so much continuity. Every player knows what's expected. Nothing is new. They are settled in the community. Obviously, Conley wanted to come back, uh, and only been here a year, but smart enough as a vet to understand this is a good situation and they've got what I need it's like we were talking about how for these youngsters coming out of high school I fully believe that all the schools whatever level you're at if it's Big Sky level if it's Pac-12 level Mountain West level or now going forward Big 12 level that our schools here have everything you need to be successful so you should seriously consider them that doesn't mean you end up going but they recognize that at least I do that these programs have everything that you need and I think that uh, the in the NBA the word is completely and totally out that the jazz have absolutely everything that you need and all this continuity is in it's indicative by joe ingles coming on here and saying this is the best he's ever felt he's very very much at ease there's no anxiety about anything relative to his ball playing everybody's got stuff in their lives for sure but his his job is he's so settled in And because of the competitive nature and what these guys are trying to accomplish and what they believe that they are trying to accomplish, there's no sorts of complacency whatsoever because every night is a challenge. And it's a good spot. It's reflective of the team. I think Joe, what's the word? Symbiotic?
0: Is that a word? Ooh, yes. That's a big word. That's like a $7 word right there, PK. It's his individual case you can project across the entire team's case. That's the way I see it. It's been really easy for them so far. They are way better in the bottom of the league. I don't think Sacramento was. Denver's pretty—they turned it on in the fourth quarter. I felt like they were just waiting. But it was a challenge. And one of your guys is gone? It felt inevitable, and Joe was out. Really? Yeah. I didn't think they were going to lose the game. Mm. I'm not as strong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not as strong.
1: I don't know that I felt that. I thought they were going to do it, but I don't know. Like like last night, it's like, okay, there's going to be a time. I'm going to be stunned if they lose this game once the big man went out for Denver. He's in the ball game, and the way he was playing, whole other story. Oh, he was he was awesome.
0: Yeah. The MVP looked like the MVP. 24.6 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists is a really good game for most NBA players. He played 15 minutes. 15 he minutes. left in the middle of the second <laughs> quarter with a knee injury we could all obviously see. He was obviously in pain. And he put in a full shift before he left. If he'd have stayed, that had a 40-point triple-double written all over it. And the cool thing from the Jazz perspective is, I don't know that that would have meant Denver won the game. Maybe he not. He was crushing it. But as soon as he sat down, the Jazz went on a run. As soon as he came back in, they started trading buckets again. And I also think the Jazz are looking pretty good here, and we're not seeing best Donovan Mitchell, or even close to it. Not shooting the three well, turnovers, bad reads. He kind of self-deprecatingly mocked himself in the post game. Kept dribbling into double teams. You think I'd learn something well, like, I mean, like that?
1: I think everybody knows that's a great move, and so they're on to it. Yeah. So he's got to adjust to the adjustments. But he's Donnie Basketball. I know.
0: So he's going to play better. Nobody well, doubts that. We've gotten... Yeah, everybody saw the turnovers. This shooting percentage will go up. Everybody saw the turnovers. Everybody saw the one and nine from three. And we've literally gotten zero people complaining about it. Because I don't think winning. there's any point complaining about it. A, they're winning. And B, it's not going to last. He's going to play better. My big
1: thing with this thing of shoot the three—they were—they were talking about it last night on the broadcast. Oh
0: man, did Reggie Miller sound shoot like to you? Shoot the three,
1: yeah. shoot more threes. Reggie shoot forty, Reggie fifty, like, shoot more threes.
0: Yeah, let me suit up and get in on this. I'm okay with that as
1: long as those threes are good shots. Yeah. I don't want bad shots for the sake of shooting threes. Don't don't do that. That bothers me. And if you're like one of ten, I. I have a little bit of a, a queasy feeling if it's a close game and you go 1 of 11. If you're 7 of 10, I got no queasy. <laughs> Keep launching. And shooting does come and
0: go. No matter Every level, it doesn't matter. And those are the extremes, and most nights they're going to be 4 of 10. And if they're 4 of 10, then shoot more of them. If it's a good shot. Right. I I don't like...
1: Mitchell had one last night. You're coming down. You get the pass on the transition. You stop. You know the old the three on two break with the ball in the middle. You practice that first day of junior high, right? And you you know you used to hop, stop, and you make the bounce pass, <laughs> and a guy goes in for the layup. Well, that might be a peach
0: basket now. Right. So I just my own personal. You thing, don't like it when they run to the corner and a guy throws in the ball and they take a three. No. No, they're running. They're running on oh, the you don't angle. You like the guy off the dribble, off the angle. He's coming fast, and he stops and shoots.
1: It just it, no. I don't like that shot now, in the corner. If you get the ball and you're wide open,
0: fire the away. Catch and shoot three in the corner is different than the off the dribble above the break. As or e- likes to or say. even if it's a direct yeah, pass. If, the only thing I'll yeah, say if your is your body is going so fast you stop and shoot. The only thing I'll say though is that with every passing year what shouldn't have been done because it was low percentage. The GM, the analytics people, the head coach, the assistants, the player, they all get together and like, okay, that was a bad shot, but if you shoot that five thousand times this summer, I don't is it gonna be a bad does. shot next year? I don't
1: think they do. Really? No, because it requires too much work. That means you gotta go down the other end and uh-huh. you gotta sprint to the spot and you gotta have somebody's there with you and you're shooting it. Yeah. I just don't think they're practicing it that much. Maybe I'm up in the night. You're practicing threes, but are you practicing that particular shot where you're going at at least
0: 75%? Because I think that the three will be there. We will ask around and get back to you on that. I you think, think I do? Don't think, I don't think everybody does. I will be, I'll be very surprised if we find out that everybody does. But if one or two players on a team are adding that... I would not be surprised. Okay, I'm going to count every time I see that shot now. Yeah. And they're they're dead sprinting, and then they stop,
1: N- boom, shoot. And pull up. And they just think that's a tough, tough <laughs> shot. All it your is. momentum, it's All hard. All your momentum's
0: going forward, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree, it's really Whereas hard. Whereas move the ball around a little I would bit, be surprised. So the ball comes back to you, you're set, boom, fire away. I would away. be surprised if the whole team is doing that, but I would not be surprised to find out some guys or are
1: doing Or you're in the half-court set, and you're up top, mostly you're up top, and you're dribbling the ball a little bit, mm-hmm. you get a high screen, whatever it might be, and you step into one off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with that. But I just don't necessarily like that one where you're sprinting,
0: stop, shoot. What you're describing is difficult to
1: do. I'd There's actually no rather
0: have the dribble. Because that gives you a little time to gather yourself and get more in rhythm. I think it's easiest to shoot the catch and shoot threes, and that's what most people Not learn to shoot Not on the first. sprint, though. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so the dribble in the half court, when your momentum's not as crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah as fine, opposed fine. to running on the sprint, yeah, right. You're running, you get was, the ball, boom, yeah. you shoot. I did hear going back to a previous generation of jazz players that Darren Williams was told, "You throw the ball to Kyle Korver when his feet are set." Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. where he is on the court. Right, if he stopped, his feet are set. So now the momentum, right everything is in rhythm, Yeah, he'll hit it. Fire away. If his feet are still moving, don't throw him the ball yet. Hold it one more dribble, right. hold it one more beat, let him get set, then give him the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. But that's also, we're going back 10, 15 years, well, probably 12 or whatever, years, and you can change that if you practice it, you know, the 10,000 repetitions we've all read about. And okay, now you just doubled it from 5 to 10. Right. <laughs> well, two summers. Just invest the second summer. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Join Jake and Ben Friday at the warehouse from 10 to noon. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Again? Didn't I do boom earlier? Nope. Oh, well, boom, kaboom, boom, boom, kaboom. Today was a good day. Greg says, PK, I can guarantee you certain players like Donovan, Damian, Steph practice the hell out of that near full speed pull-up three and hit a good percentage of them. No, they don't. <laughs> okay, fine. How can you guarantee it? Guarantee it! Greg's got cameras in NBA practice facilities. He's spying. That does seem like the kind of thing Steph would practice. Okay, the
1: greatest shooter in the history I know, of the game. He'd be, he got the easiest, me there. he'd
0: be the easiest one to go to. <laughs> It <laughs> since we were talking about the Jazz and he doesn't play for the Jazz nor will he ever play for the Jazz because he's going to retire. A warrior, he can shoot any shot he wants. For he really a, can. Yeah, who cares? He'll be the guy who starts taking them from behind half court with twelve on the clock.
1: I'm talking about most of the guys. You, you go to you go to the extreme examples. He did hit one Jazz man, Donovan. So well, I just saw last night he missed it. I, just think, I think it's a tough shot, and if you hit it, good on you.
0: Ya. Yachs got an open mic from Patrick. He grabbed the phone, used the app, used the open mic feature so he could share yeah. his take. I went in the other room.
1: This weekend, Bronco Mendenhall will be held to account for practically ruining BYU football. While he was here, we went independent, and the game started being at night and not in the afternoons anymore. He also brought in the Spirit jerseys. He couldn't beat Utah, and he left the cupboard completely empty for Kalani. I think it's cupboard, not cupboard. The cupboard. 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 Like
0: the cupboard. Well, it wasn't completely empty, or they wouldn't have gone 9-4 the first year. Oops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore our 2016 over here.
0: Yeah, but that year before? Sure. He did leave Taysom, so you had that going for you. And Jamal Williams. And Jamal Which was Williams. nice, yeah, and Jamal. Now when you lose them, the offense starts looking a little different. 497. Yeah, but six, it didn't to have to be. Well, it was going to be worse. It just didn't have to be mm. that much worse. Yeah, they bottomed out. Yeah. But they're back, baby. I think they are. They're guaranteed eight wins this it year. It went independent and the games were not in the afternoon anymore. That was a nice touch and Bronco didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> that got presented to Bronco. Bronco wasn't over there negotiating that. As we look back on it, It was inevitable, and it will continue to be inevitable. What will continue to be inevitable? This late starts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's the time zone you're in. That's what they want you for. There aren't that many people who can play there. Yeah. What you will get is daytime road games. Your night games, that's... That's the way that's going to work. Or earlier but, time road games but when you're forward. playing, Yeah, when you're playing Mountain West teams on the road, you're going to get night games. And they're not going to play that many Mountain West games on the road. They're going play Big 12 games on the road, and the Big 12 games will end up in those earlier TV slots. Which I'll take it.
1: And then maybe you can get one or two uh, home games that are <laughs> earlier, and then you're only looking at three or four.
0: Huge Shasta trailer. Too many kids and not enough scholarships. So kids, kids, too many kids, not enough scholarships to go around for all the kids. Nice huge Shasta trailer.
1: That's the shots and the basketball, yeah, that's the, the shots rap, the, and the
0: Celtics. And
1: that's a great I tune. Johnny Lightfoot, who works for us, former guitars for Air Supply, uh, wrote that tune.
0: We missed him when he left the company, but I'm glad he came back. <laughs> Those three days. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's great at what he does. Uh, Greg says, get the complete name of that play correct, DJ. It's the prodigal Polly in his Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> Donnie gave him his blessing. That's good. Okay. I like it. <laughs> uh, as far as what does it say that the Jazz beat Denver, Adrian says, Denver had one of their best players out, and this was the second of a back-to-back. Nothing more. Three straight ho-hum wins. Now uh, place. I think it's more than that. Oh, well, it's going to be four straight.
1: No, but I think you can learn stuff. You can get better. It's, I've been saying this. I'm going to continue to beat this all year. It's irregardless of the opponent. It's about the Jazz.
0: Slow clap from Quinn Snyder. Every coach ever has tried to preach that. It's not about them. It's about us. Let's focus on us. But some teams can only win if the competition sucks. True story. Like BYU last year in football. Okay, that was a joke. I'm waiting to see where you're going with that. Just decided to give yourself up. That was the Ute fan deal. Yeah, I know. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. Jake and Ben are about to sprint in here and entertain you for two hours on ninety seven five at twelve eighty the zone.